What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. We are getting so many questions this time of year, which is really encouraging. Everybody's really into fantasy football, hoping for a, a more normal football season in 2021. So we're going to read a lot of them today via email at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com and also plenty of your Apple podcast questions. It's a holiday weekend, baby. It's Wednesday right now, but it already feels like the weekend. You're hearing this on Thursday. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in and hope you all have a great Memorial Day weekend ahead of you. I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg. Jamie, what's up, man? Ready for some emails? Um, I've spoken to you since, but how was your how was your big hosting gig on Monday? Sorry I didn't get to listen. Uh, it was good. It was good. Dave and uh, and Heath did the majority of the work as usual, so yeah. they made it much, uh, <laughs> much easier for me. But I'm trying to find, why can't I find it? The best email we've ever gotten. <laughs> I already wrote back to him. <laughs> we have an email from a uh, not just a Hawks fan, but a Hawks employee. I wished him good luck for Wednesday night. I didn't mean it. It was uh, a very insincere wishing of good luck. I wish bad luck for the Hawks on Wednesday night. Of course, you'll know how my Wednesday night was uh, by the time you listen to this show. But yeah, he he's a big fan and uh, is going against me right now. And like Jamie's stupid intro on Monday, which is the, when I heard about the intro, I decided I'm just not going to listen to the show. So <laughs> he lost a listener. Um, we are we have news on Deshaun Watson, Julio Jones update, Tua Tungavailoa, and Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson going to miss the start of the regular season, according to NFL Network, with a torn meniscus. Uh, what does that mean for the 49ers running backs? Is it time to play? Gallman, we'll tell you. But first, we have an email of the day. From Daniel from Seattle, and Daniel was pissed off about something, and I like it. I just want to say something, and if it makes the show great, but also just want to say it. Whoever made four-point per passing touchdown a thing is stupid. Why in the world do leagues do this? If the argument is that they make the quarterback more valuable, well, guess what? In real life, they are more valuable. What's the issue? All quarterbacks are more valuable, so six-point touchdown uh, leagues elevate quarterbacks. So what? A touchdown is worth six in fantasy football, it should always be worth six. Thoughts? Yeah, no arguments out of me. That's CBS standard scoring. And I, I get it. I, I get why people like using four points for passing touchdowns. It makes the passing touchdowns less valuable and makes those players a little bit closer to like the best, the, the best quarterbacks are a little bit closer to the best running backs and so on and so forth. But I, I agree with this. I think six points is fair for every touchdown. Let it count. I agree also. It's just, you know, people don't want quarterbacks to be so top-heavy with their scoring compared to every other position. So, Yeah, but just, if they're all scored the same way, what's the big deal? Well, I mean, it makes the rushing quarterbacks a little bit better. So, you know, it's going to change how those guys perform and, and what they do. And so, you know, I, I get it. But, yeah, I, I think they've said it best. Six points for passing touchdowns should be what it is. Everybody's scoring – for the most part, ends up relatively the same. Yeah. Four, I've said this before, but if you're in a four-point per passing touchdown league and it's PPR, I think that devalues quarterback a little bit too much. Um, but, you know, because they don't obviously don't get points for catches and then only four for passing touchdowns. But I actually think that we should encourage more six-point per passing touchdown leagues now to sort of balance out the 
prowess of the mobile quarterbacks. Uh, we are in an era of mobile quarterbacks right now. It's not going to change anytime soon. So the Matt Ryans, Matthew Staffords of the world, they need a little bit of support. They need a little help from their friends, and we need to give them two two extra points. Six. I like total. four points for passing touchdowns better in two QB and super flex leagues. Where you're starting to. All right, I could dig that, Dave. I don't like I don't like it better than six, but I like it better than one quarterback league. Let me just let, uh, okay. Let me go ahead, Dave. Do you want to say something? I did not. Okay, so I'm just looking at uh, some scoring here on fftoday.com. QB 12 was Matt Ryan in four point four point per passing touchdown leagues. QB 12 was Matt Ryan. He scored 282 points. Let's see how many wide receivers in PPR scored 282 points. Um, four. <laughs> so Matt right. Ryan scored more points than all, but that was in four point per passing touchdown leagues. That's wow. it. Let's make quarterback passing touchdowns worth a half point. <laughs> yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter. And this madness. All right. Uh, thank you for the email, Daniel. Appreciate that you're fired up about something. Next week, we're going to be fired up to give you some early, bold predictions. We'll give your ears a break on Monday for Memorial Day, but we will have episodes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Our analysts will each plant their flags with their 2021 bold predictions. That should be a lot of fun. News and notes. Deshaun Watson, he's not going to be deposed until after the Super Bowl. So, Dave, does that give you, um, oh boy, I don't even want to use the word hope, but more expectation that Deshaun Watson is going to play in 2021? I guess it helps that cause, but the NFL can still do something. They can put him on the commissioner's list, and then he won't be able to play. There's, there's a whole lot left going on here before we can make a determination on whether or not Deshaun Watson will be a part of our silly little fantasy world. Okay. So this is not earth-shattering news right now? I think it's kind of a big deal, isn't it? I mean, you know, going back to the uh, rookie-only draft that we were talking about on Monday's show and for people that are doing their dynasty drafts in any capacity, uh, or best ball for that matter, um, you know, it, it's going to change the value of, of obviously a few players, Watson included. So... If he uh, if he does play, clearly he's getting drafted later than he would if it was guaranteed to play. And as Heath brought up when we were talking about the ADP value of Brandon Cooks, for example, um, he said he would have him in his top fifteen if uh, if we knew Watson was playing. I, I wouldn't have Cooks that high, but he'd be you know close to a top twenty four receiver for sure. And you know David Johnson, the backfield, the you know Nico Collins, for example, you know his value would change. You know if you're looking at somebody as in a rookie only draft, so. It's something you got to keep an eye on, but there are clearly bigger issues than uh, than the fantasy value of the Houston Texans when it comes to this situation. Julio Jones, according to Chris Sims, is interested in Tennessee and New England. We have heard those teams as rumored destinations. Brian Flores said that Tua Tungavailoa are we is, on the air? By the way, <laughs> is a lot more comfortable with the offense this season, and apparently the playbook's changing. And I don't know, Dave. Do you care about any of this with Tua? Prove it to me, Tua. Show me in training camp. Let the let the positive reports out of Davie, Florida, flow. Um, that's that's really what I want to see. He he's made the cut as a draftable fantasy quarterback in a one quarterback league. It's going to be with one of your last three picks, as someone you draft, stash, and hope that he can turn it on. All right. I don't like that. Will Fuller's not at the voluntary workouts, though. That's a little disappointing. He's got to be there for training camp. That matters a little more. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Rager will play in the slot, he says, in 2021. Every wide receiver will play in the slot in 2021. Uh, he's going to be their outside guy, but he's going to line up in the slot. They'll move him around more, so that's encouraging. But, I mean, you know, you, you look at what the target pecking order is going to be. It's Smith and Goddard. However, you know, it, it shakes out. Those will be the top two guys. And then at best, Rager is going to be third, but he's still going to compete with the running backs. He's going to compete with... Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham and whatever other wide receivers that they have there. But they, look, Rager's one of the best late-round targets you can have because he's still a first-round talent. He's going to be in a better situation this year than he was last year. He's not going to be hurt. He's going to have a full offseason. He's going to have a coaching staff that's committed to him. So barring a Julio Jones trade to Philadelphia, Jalen Rager with one of your double-digit round picks is fantastic. And you can even start to consider him round eight or later, depending on how receivers go off the board in your league. So... Uh, let's talk about the 49ers, all right? Buried the lead a little bit, but this is the biggest news right now. Jeff Wilson, torn meniscus. Dave, are you upset? 
Yeah. Yeah. I am. I, I, I like this guy. guy. I think he's 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 a good physical running back. The the signing of Gallman, which came out of left field maybe like feels like two months ago, maybe it happened. Like now it makes perfect sense why it happened. He that's could end the one up that surprises that you. It's the drafting the two running backs is more surprising. It's surprising that they drafted two running backs. Um, but obviously they're they're stockpiling backs because they figured they're gonna well now we know why, because they're not gonna be with Jeff Wilson for a while, maybe even the whole year. Um it doesn't really change anything for me as far as Mostert and Sermon go. Does it put Gallman on the radar as a late round pick? Yeah, maybe. Especially in deeper leagues. If you want to just have a running back who might play at some point, might have a three week window where he's the best running back in San Francisco. You just have to wait for it to happen. You could draft them late if you want to. I, I'm more excited about Elijah Mitchell than I am about Wayne Gallman. I think Gallman is uh, – I, I don't think what Dave said is incorrect. I think there will be a stretch where Gallman is probably going to be their quote-unquote starter. But, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for upside, and I don't think Gallman has a ton of upside by comparison to somebody with a little younger, fresher legs that has a chance, I think, to, you know, maybe impress them. So I would rather take a late-round flyer on Elijah Mitchell – um, I think this does help Mostert and Sermon because now one of the guys they were counting on is out of the way. So Mostert is going to be very undervalued because people are going to overlook him because of the addition of Sermon. Sermon is probably going to be a little overvalued because of he's the guy that you just saw dominate in college and right, he's he has the new a chance guy. to be successful. But there's going to be a lot of bodies here. And so that's the thing you just got to keep an eye on. Like don't reach for Sermon too soon. Don't overlook Mostert because Mostert is still going to be the, the starter to open the season. And look, last year and certainly the year before when he's been the guy and been on the field, he's been very successful. Mostert is a really good zero RB target. And I've got the 49ers with the 10th best run schedule for the first four weeks of the season. So I, I think he's a, he's a good running back to settle for if you decide to go in a different direction with uh, your positional drafting. Uh, when you get to what do you think? Round six, round seven, somewhere in that range. Mostert will be there. You can swipe him up then. Uh, let's take a look at where he went in the draft that we just did. This was before we knew about the knee injury. He went in round seven. Second pick of round seven. This was a 12-team PPR league. And um, he went just ahead of James Conner, one pick ahead of James Conner. So I don't know that he'll make it there. I mean, he might get pushed up around now, Raheem Mostert. And also, like, we don't know how long. I don't know if you guys said this, but we don't know how long Wilson's going to be out. It could be out a week. I mean, torn meniscus is not a is not a super serious injury. Well, he's having surgery though on it, so that's the concern. Okay. Yeah, he he's going to start the year on the pup list. That would make the most sense, and they might not take him off of it. You can't draft him. That's for We're sure. We're not talking about a superstar here. We're talking right. about a guy that has a chance to be a significant contributor for their team if he's healthy. But clearly, they told you what they think of their guys, including Moster. I don't agree like, with they take, but they. I don't know. I mean, these guys are not super investments here. They just most are can't. They stay did not healthy. need Sermon, and they spent a third round pick on him. And again, you have to put it in relative terms of where running backs are going in the draft. But that's the only one that they made any serious investment in, right? But they're bringing they're in guys. That, that's the problem. Is they're bringing in guys now? Maybe they knew that that uh, Wilson had this injury, and they were waiting to find out surgery implications. We don't know. You know, they didn't have to report it at all. There's yeah. no injury report to to have to you know adhere to. So. Um, they could have known that he was hurt when they signed Gallman. They could have known that he was hurt when they went into the NFL draft. Uh, Mostert is probably gone at the end of the season. So, you know, they're looking long-term as well. But I think they told you what they think of the guys there by exactly. spending two draft picks on a position that's something for them that they not typically need to do. Well, they're I mean, this is a team, but this they're is a team They're doing what that, I did in our dynasty draft. This is but a team you look that, at the, the history of Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan as well. They take guys off scrap heaps. Okay, but they also, you know Kyle Shanahan is always talking about having three or four running backs, so it's not surprising that they want a lot of running backs on their team. Can any of them really challenge Raheem Mostert? I mean, Mostert is is a really great running back, I think. Maybe he's great in this system. Of course they could challenge Raheem Mostert. Jeff Wilson was going to challenge Raheem Mostert. Uh, yeah, but but Mostert's better. I mean, Mostert. I don't Agreed. know why he doesn't get the due that he he deserves. I just, I just got finished saying that. I'm I know totally agree with you. You said but. that, but but so I don't think a six round pick Elijah Mitchell is a challenge for him. I don't think Wayne Gallman. No, is a no, challenge no, 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 no. They're, they're not. They're not challenges to Mostert being the lead guy. They're challenges to Mostert being the full time guy for what we think of. There is yeah. no full time guy. No, there I might know be that. a primary guy, but they're going to use multiple guys every week. That that's also what the Shanahan's tend to do, unless they just fall into Terrell Davis. 
You know what I mean? Where they just they an Arian Foster, a guy that they just they got off the scrap. You, you, you there you go. The right, right, right. So maybe Sermon is that guy. Maybe Mitchell's that guy. Remember, Mostert was that guy once upon right. a time. He was cut off of 27 different practice squads before he got the chance with the Niners. He was. Okay, um, that's it for the news and notes. We got plenty of your Apple Podcast questions and your emails. Let's get started right now with Apple Podcasts from Hagen's 39 Hey, Pete, Kevin, Ruxin, Andre, and Taco. That would be the league. The league. I play in a 10-team keeper league. I need help deciding between five players. Let's see, how many does he need? Uh, he needs a third. He's okay. a neater league. He leagues, I'm going to just say league all the time. <laughs> all right, so it's 10 teams, and he's keeping Derrick Henry and Christian McCaff league. So he needs help deciding on his third keeper. Uh, is it going to be Cam Akers, Jonathan Liegler, Taylor, Oh God! Or George Kittle League, <laughs> like Little League. Uh, so who would you keep? Acres, Taylor, and Kittle. He's already keeping Henry and McCaffrey. Taylor. Same. Okay. Would you consider keeping Acres and Taylor and McCaffrey, throwing back Henry with the idea that you can keep that core of running backs year after year after year? No. All right. Maybe more so in a deeper league, ten team league. Probably just go with the best Get guy the on your board, right? All right, just laying it out there. Yeah, playing devil's advocate. It's cool. Either of the guys that you throw back is getting drafted in the first round, so it doesn't matter. You, you know, it's yeah. Uh, right. it's so, just, but if you can keep Acres and Taylor forever and ever and ever, I don't know. That sounds pretty good to me. They're young. They're strong. Is that what you would do, good. Dave? Is that what you would do? You would throw back Derrick Henry. I was just playing devil's okay. advocate. Okay. Uh, Monopoly, my favorite games to play. From Jake in Washington. Hey, Mickey, Lou, Whitey, and Roger. Those are Yankees. They are. Dynasty question. If I'm sure I'll land Kyle Pitts in the rookie draft, do I look to sell Travis Kelsey or keep the known points? It's a 10-team PPR Dynasty League. You can take offers on Kelsey. I wouldn't give him away just because you're going to get Pitts. What spot does he have in the rookie draft? He's going to get pits. That's all I know. So it's probably top three picks. So it's a matter of, is he picking third and he knows that it's going to be Jason Harris first, or is he taking pits over Harris? Um, yeah, you should, you should chop Kelsey, but you got to get superstar in return. Okay. From Rob S. would love to hear you guys talk about the draft strategy for a, a 12 team, full PPR two quarterback league. How does the added quarterback change your overall draft strategy? When are you looking to pick up your first quarterback? How many do you draft and when? I figure you need at least three quarterbacks. Well, this you is do. convenient because we we are in one of these leagues every year. 12 teams, full PPR, two quarterbacks, Dave. And you've got to prioritize quarterback a lot more than you would in a one-quarterback draft. I like to try and get at least one quarterback with one of my first two picks, two quarterbacks with my first four picks, and three quarterbacks with my first seven or eight picks. I'd read the board. You know, if it's the first time you're doing it, if there's going to be an early run and people panic, let them panic. Um, you know, if you can get one of the top six quarterbacks, that's great, especially if you're picking toward the back end of the first round. But keep in mind that they're going to get a lot of star players get pushed down, and you don't want to, you know, reach for a quarterback just because you think you have to get, you know, the seventh or eighth best quarterback on a lot of people's draft boards, which is going to be guys like Aaron Rodgers or, you know, Jalen Hurts or one of those guys, Russell Wilson. They're very good, clearly, but, you know, they're not the elite of the elite based on what most people think coming into the season. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to be, but that's the expectation. So I wouldn't, let's say, pass up Alvin Kamara to take Aaron Rodgers. I'd rather have Kamara, you know, if you're picking at the back end of round one. But it's not a bad idea to try and get two top 15 quarterbacks if you can. Um, and then try and get three top 20 guys. But read the board. See how it goes. For what it's worth, Ben Gretsch won the league last year with Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. Yeah, um, and Heath once won the league with Matthew Stafford, and I think it might have been... It was another bum. Yeah, it was... Not it that was, Stafford's a bum. You know what I mean. Like a non... It, it, was, a top, it was a top 15 caliber quarterback. Right. Uh, I don't know if we address. Yeah, there are different ways to do it. Basically, I think one one thing that's a little risky though is you sort of alluded to it is being left out of a quarterback run, waiting a little Which, bit too long, and that uh -huh. could could really burn you. 
Yeah, like imagine if you're picking late in round one, early in round two, and you decide to you, you get a you get Saquon and Camaro with your first two picks, and then you just figure, all right, I'll get a quarterback when it comes back to me in late round three. You're giving the majority of the teams in your league two chances each to load up on quarterbacks. By the time it's back to you, you might not like what's left. So I I, I kind of. I disagree a little bit with reading the board. I just want to make sure I lock up at least one really good quarterback just so I'm not stuck completely with, you know, Baker Mayfield and um, Sam Darnold. Last year, I had yeah, Drew Locke. Though, if you do year. that, though, you have to be creative. You have to be aggressive with some of the, the, the risks that you take on the guys that you're taking as your third quarterback or in some cases your second and your third quarterback. And so, I mean, you look at the top 10 guys from, from last year, Rodgers wasn't ranked as a top 12 guy. He was just outside that. Oh, yeah. There's there's quarterbacks outside. every year. Yeah. So, you know, Justin Herbert finished as a top 10 guy. He wasn't ranked at all. Right. <laughs> Joe Burrow wasn't ranked as a top 12 guy or barely uh, the case. You know, so there, there are guys that you can find. It's not that you're going to miss out on a run. You're going to miss out on a run of what the rank lists tell you or the projections tell you are the top tier guys. Again, you just have to be, you know, come back on the round three, four turn. You take two guys there. You have two studs to start your team. Maybe. Uh, yeah, last year I had Goff and Mayfield, and I was actually pretty happy with that. I thought they'd both be kind of borderline top 12-y, and they were not. So, uh, you know, it's it's like any other league. You, your strategy could just not work, and that happens. The problem you mean is, the secret to fantasy football is drafting good players? Well, I mean, there are surprises all the time is what I'm saying. Uh, the problem is uh, there's no depth. There's no backups on the waiver wire. You also don't want to... Uh, I don't know how many situations there will be like this, but you don't want to put too much stock in a quarterback that could lose his job. You know, you well, know That's why you take the two guys. Like you, If, if you're going to draft... You don't necessarily say, I have to only draft three. Like If you're taking your third quarterback, it could be Garoppolo and Lance. It could be Fields and Dalton. Sure. You know, I mean, you, you yeah. cover how about yourself. Hill and Winston? Hill and yeah, Winston. Yeah, that's great. You know? See, that's, that's, worth, that's worth doing. All right, next up, we've got a question. No name here. Hey, who? It's Bob. Bob, okay. I recognize the handwriting. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Jave, Damey, Beath, and Haddam. Keeper League, half PPR, 12 teams. Keep two for two years. That's funny that your name is that because it's a line from your favorite movies. Haddam? Haddam at hello. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty good that's pretty good uh, keeper league okay so keep two for two years Jonathan Taylor in the third Swift in the fifth Diggs in the sixth Robinson in the sixteenth and I picked twelfth uh, we'll get to this second question in a bit but keep I two I assume it's James but it, it's not Allen right oh Robinson. actually I'm. you know it probably is James I was thinking Allen and that was a uh, a definite, but you're right. It's probably James. So that means we have Taylor in the or, third, Swift in the fifth, Diggs in the sixth, James Robinson in the sixteenth. Pick two. Is it kind of amazing how many people have Taylor Swift on their rosters? <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it does seem to happen. I I keep getting that. Uh, I would probably keep Swift and Diggs. I will keep Taylor and Swift. Taylor and Swift, Taylor and Diggs. Okay. That that combo will be trouble, trouble, trouble for the rest <laughs> of your fantasy league. <laughs> and I picked 12th. Would it be dumb to take Najee Harris at uh, the 2-3 two, two, turn? Is that what he's saying? No, he's two saying 13. to take him at 13th overall. Yeah, two, that's actually 2.1, not 2.13. Right. right. Uh, no, uh, it wouldn't no, be dumb. No, I'm, I've warmed up to him. His schedule, like on top of all the other good stuff going on about Najee Harris as far as like pedigree, talent, workload, his schedule's great. He's really probably not good. there if there's 36 players off the board nearly. Yeah, right. So like all the more reason to take him then, plus there's keeper potential for him in case Taylor or Swift don't meet your expectations. Um, but I'm I'm now on board with of Najee Harris being worthy of a late first-round pick in a regular fantasy league. So certainly 13th overall in this type of league, if he's there, take him. We're never, ever getting back together. Uh, from Mike James, six, I decided to get in on it. Mike James, 602. says, hey, Michael, Scotty, Dennis, and Tony. The best. The Bulls. I need help with a 12-team league. One quarterback, two flex. <laughs> need to keep, sorry, need to keep four total. First three rounds, I can keep three for the next three years. Okay, wait, what? 
You weren't laughing when the Bulls were breaking the Knicks' hearts in the 90s. I think uh, I saw today that 20 years ago was the Scottie Pippen dunk on you. That was amazing. No, couldn't be. Oh, maybe it's 30 years it ago. It could yeah, be 30, 20 years. 30 it had to be 30 years. years. Yeah. That sounds close to right. Uh, I was I was barely even existing at that point. I need help with a 12-team league, one quarterback, two flex. I need to keep four to- total. The first three rounds, I can keep three for the next three years. Okay, that's that's just a lot of numbers. Uh, a lot of threes. Players are, like Tony Kukoc, players are CEH, Miles Sanders, Tyreek Hill, or Keenan Allen. So pick three of those to keep for three years. Edwards, Elair, Miles Sanders, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen. Do I Am I locked into keeping them for three years? Or Seems can I like, bump them after one year if they suck? I don't, think you're you, probably allowed to keep them out for three years. Okay, so up to three years. It's the first three. It's the, the two, two Chiefs, Chiefs for sure. and the Sanders. Last, the last one is a tough one. Well, you I probably longer is Keenan Allen going for? You going, so you're both going Sanders? I said Sanders. Yeah, it's it's close because I mean, look, Sanders is obviously this is a prove it year because he was good as a rookie, he was bad as a sophomore, and they uh, they brought in a lot of bodies again, you know. So we'll see what happens, but you know what you're getting with Keenan Allen. As long as they don't bring in Julio Jones, he's going to get a lot of targets and a lot of catches. Okay, and then after that, uh, one of these players in the tenth round just for this year, Hawkinson or Claypool? Hawkinson. If it's just for this year, I guess it's Hawkinson. Okay. This is from Mad Dog 732. Half PPR league, one quarterbacks. He wrote that. Ten teams. I have I shouldn't have embarrassed you. Sorry, Mad Dog. One quarterback, ten teams. I have 104, 203, and 307. Should I trade 104 for Kelsey? Or should I just draft Chaser Pitts? Is your team ready to win now? I don't think he's going to get Chaser Pitts at four. Uh, his team is Russell Wilson, Taylor, Akers, Dobbin, Mixon. Wow. Uh, Ridley Boyd, Edwards. Nah, he needs wide receiver help. But it's pretty good other than that. So 104, he's looking at, if you're, if you're assuming that those other three guys are gone, of Chase, Harris, and Pitts, which is typically what's going to happen, mm-hmm. then it's between Devontae... Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. Or ETN. Or ETN. Well, you said not he needs receiver help. Yeah, not for him. Yeah. Um, I like I don't know. I, I, I don't think, hate it. I would take Kelsey. I would take Kelsey, but I would try and get a pick with Kelsey. Because two oh you said two oh three and what? Three oh seven? Uh-huh. Two oh three is Elijah Moore, Kadarius Tony, um, you know, maybe Rondell Moore, you know, depending on how it goes. Terrace Marshall, like, I'll take that combination of Kelsey and one of those guys as opposed to what the upside of Smith or Waddle could be and that guy. Like, Kelsey helps you win right now. Yeah. All right, let's uh, talk about the Champions League. The Champions League final is set as Manchester City takes on Chelsea in the biggest soccer match of the year. And the K Golazzo podcast has you covered. Luis Miguel Echegaray welcomes soccer experts every single episode to give game predictions, betting tips, players to watch, post-match analysis, and much, much more. Find K. Galazzo wherever you're listening to this show and on YouTube as well. Uh, And uh, the UCL final is here, and K. Galazzo has you covered. Uh, Echegaray. I've been working on that pronunciation, and I botched it. Sorry about that. From Will in a town north of Atlanta. How are you working on it? Like, give us your uh, behind-the-scenes working on it. Oh, I legitimately went to YouTube and made sure I found an interview with him, and I made there's sure a, right. that there's I there's could. There's a finesse. No, 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 but I don't like, right I hear the you. Like, I you're put the, to it. Oh. Say it back. I, well, I do it in a mirror, you know, so I just, this isn't really the right environment, Jamie. Sorry, can't do it on the spot. But then Is I put like the music phonetics. going on in the background? <laughs> yeah, it's like heavy metal, like <laughs> getting real pumped up. Pronounce it, damn it. All right, Will in a town north of Atlanta. Nobody likes Atlanta. You You did it wrong. Atlanta sucks. (laughs) Hey, Stringer Bubbles, Omar and Marlo. I think that's uh, the most boring cop show ever, The Wire. How much should having two flex spots affect positional value between running back and wide receiver? 14-team Dynasty League. Wow, deep league with with deep spots, deep rosters. Oh, it's only two running backs, two receivers, and two flexes. Yeah, it doesn't say if it's PPR. 
Because if it's non, obviously right. you want to try and get more running backs in those flex spots. If it's PPR, it's changes. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Take advantage of that receiver depth. Well, I mean, so we're we're in a 14-team dynasty half PPR league, and we have two flexes, mm-hmm. but we have three receivers. So, like, I know for my team, I play five receivers because I have more star power at that spot. Mm-hmm. Would it, but would it change your draft strategy if you were starting fresh? Two running backs, two receivers, two flexes? Yeah. It certainly would in non-PPR, but in half or full, what would you do differently? I mean, like I said, I would lean more toward receivers. Okay. Yeah, I just might. I guess I'm wondering if you don't really have to lean more toward receivers because it's just so deep uh, that you might end up with you might end up loaded at wide receiver anyway, even if you don't try that hard. Well, I, I think you're you know you're looking more at the probably the second flex as opposed to the first flex because like at least for me, like I, I'll probably try and get three running backs in my first five picks if I can. Okay. You know, whereas um, I, I think you know that second flex spot, I'm not going to be so pegged into trying to find that position. Okay, uh, from Jeffrey. Half PPR Keeper League, 10 teams. I have the first pick. I'm going Christian McCaffrey. All right, that's the yeah, that's the email. Thank you, Jeffrey. No. Uh, keeper options. <laughs> A.J. Brown in the fifth. Dobbins Ooh. in the sixth. And and they're 19 picks apart. So, uh, you know, he's got the swing picks. Um, so, okay, it's A.J. Brown 41st overall. Dobbins 60th. Waller 61st. That's a seventh-round pick for him. Those are his keepers. Those, yeah, those are his one. choices. He's got to keep one of them. Mm-hmm. Brown. Yeah. Oh, really? You take Brown twenty spots ahead of Waller. Yep. Okay. Especially if you can keep him for multiple years. Okay. Also, what are some of the things over the summer I should pay attention to that I could guess change? I'd like to know the deadline because that could clearly be a Julio Jones well, destination. If Julio Jones is there, then I'm taking Waller. Second part of the question: What are some things I should pay attention to that could change or affect my decision? Obviously, a Julio Jones trade. I think, I'm not sure if Stranger Things Season 4 is coming out this summer. We should pay attention to that. That's cool. Good call. And uh, still, you guys got to watch Mayor of Easttown. I thought the finale was last week, but I was wrong. It's this week, which was a nice bonus. Wait, wait, wait. You've been watching a show. You didn't know that it was over. I thought it was. I thought there was one episode left, and I was told by Twitter that there were two. But did you watch it already? Yeah. So you watched the show. I knew going in. I, I thought on Sunday afternoon, I thought, oh, I'm getting ready for the finale. And Twitter's like, no, you idiot. There are two left. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Sunday was a great day. Alf878. Stupid Knicks. Two players who intrigue and terrify me for 2021 are Barkley and Zeke. I expect both to be available in the late first round in most redraft home leagues. Who's the better choice and more likely to return to previous glory? I'll go with Barkley. Barkley and who? Zeke. Zeke. Uh, Barkley, you got to go a little bit youth, you know, hopefully that helps. Yeah. Young people are just better. Like if, if you're listening to a podcast, listen to the younger person, <laughs> Ben Tracker from Brennan <laughs> in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I have 104, 209, 210, and 304 in a 10 team PPR dynasty league. I also have Kelsey. Sounds familiar. The possibilities for 104. <laughs> the guy making the trade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need to hook these two people up. The possibilities for 104 are um, Chase, ETN, or Pitts. Uh, should I take ETN, Pitts, or Chase, depending on who's there? How, who are the guys going in the top three? <laughs> I, I think he's expecting like two of them to be gone, but maybe one to be left. But yeah, I someone heard you talk about Elijah Mitchell on the podcast now, and, and they're going to race to take him at the top of round one. Jay. I would hope they take Trey Sermon first, but sure. <laughs> Maybe they're going to get both. Uh, if Chase is there, you've got to take him ahead of, of Pitts and ETN. But you go Chase, Pitts, ETN, right? That's my order, yes. Jamie? Easy. Yeah. Chase, Pitts, ETN. Okay, ETN's I, a distant third. I would try to trade 104 for Wayne Gallman. That's what I would do. I think that will really... I mean, at least play the music so it ties it in. Uh, don't do that, by the way. That was a joke. We are going to take a break. We got your emails when we come back, including uh, one email we've been waiting for for a long time, an IDP question. Fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. We'll be reading them when we come back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. 
Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we are back. Get ready for Memorial Day. Yeah. It's barbecue. Gonna rain all weekend up here in New York. That's kind of a bummer. Hope everybody has a has great weather, great holiday. And remember, we got bold predictions for you next week, Tuesday through Friday. So let's get started with Tim from Blackhawk, Colorado. He says, Dear Jim, James, and Jimothy. Is that a thing? Must be. Okay. I don't know what, but there it is. As someone who gets asked, is my f- real name James? Uh, I've never heard Jimothy before. Your real, is your real name? I believe it's from The Office. Huh. I don't remember that. Jim, James, Jimothy. Jamie, you like to use Office memes without ever seeing the show. Is that from The Office? Uh, for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, the question from Tim, with Julio Jones's impending departure from the Falcons. Wow, everybody's pretty convinced. I guess I, I know why. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess it's I guess they should be. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a lot of buzz about a bump for Russell Gage. <laughs> I hear, I hear Matthew Stafford's leaving the line. <laughs> uh, do, you see, do you see Russell Gage as a more appealing late-round target over other second-fiddle wide receivers like Josh Reynolds or Darnell Mooney? Does Gage deserve top 60 wide receiver consideration? In a PPR league, like maybe right around 60? He's, he's in the mix with those guys. Mean? I'd rather have Mooney and Reynolds, um, unless, of course, Julio is going to the Titans. Um, but you know, Gage showed flashes last year. He seemed to be better when everybody was there as opposed to when Julio was out. But now you're also factoring in new coach, uh, new weapon in Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, maybe an upgraded running game just because of Arthur Smith and maybe Mike Davis just being better than Todd Gurley. So there are things that are changing. You can't exactly peg it to the same year over year because there's so much difference. But I mean, Russell Gage now, as, as we talked on F15 five, Adam, he's somebody that you got to consider if you're doing any best ball drafts right now. He's worth it in those leagues. He's going to be worth a late round pick in PPR. He's one of those reliable short area targets that Ryan will lean on and what this offense will be predicated on when they're not running the football or trying to just get it into Kyle Pitt's hands. I, I suspect they're going to use a lot of two tight end formations. Just thinking about how Tennessee operated, they didn't have a ton of receiver depth. And now the Falcons aren't either. You know Ridley's going to be on the field every single play. Gage, I think, will be the next guy up. I mean, maybe Olamide Zacchaeus has himself a nice training camp and works his way into a role, too. Maybe someone else comes along in Atlanta to step up. Maybe Frank Darby, their sixth-round pick. But uh, I, I think you'll see... I think Gage is in line to see a, a decent amount of targets from week to week. Could be a reliable full PPR flex at some point in the year. This would be an interesting, if Julio is moved, uh, destination for Jamison Crowder if he's let go as expected. So mm. that's something to keep an eye on, too. Yeah. You know, I I went back um, since 2012. Was that Julio's rookie year? It was. It was Matt Ryan's first great season. It was when he really started becoming um, a fantasy star. This is a team that very, very often had one great receiver and not much else. Uh, but usually, I would say expectations for the number two receiver when it wasn't Roddy White or Calvin Ridley was about 850 yards, something like that. And the touchdowns were always... He's kind of a guy who spread touchdowns around to a lot of different players. I mean, as you He loves his tight ends. I mean, he's always, for the most part, had a good one. Yeah, so in the last nine seasons, they've had a, a number two receiver reach 900 yards only twice. And that's not even... That's not a wide receiver. It's but look, I mean, look, look. The, the question wasn't Russell Gage superstar. The question yeah, was yeah. Russell Gage, Josh Reynolds, Darnell Mooney. That's the, right. that's the area he would belong. Well, how would you rank them? Like I said, he'd be third for me unless... Julio's in Tennessee. Oh, I didn't hear you say that. I'm sorry. I'll go Mooney, Gage, Reynolds. 
Okay. Um, all right, then. And uh, let's see. Let's get back to the emails. That was a good question. Thank you. From uh, Thank you to Tim. This is from Bob. Dear Alex, Neil, and Getty, will you please have a show that focuses on IDP? So we will have an IDP show closer to draft season. It's not a super popular format, so I don't want to dedicate an entire episode to it. But is there anything you guys would like to say about IDP leagues? And I've been looking at a lot of the rookies just based on our rookie draft because it's also an IDP league as well. So like I had a tough call as the third linebacker off the board, I guess it was. Uh, Collins? Between Zayvon Collins and uh, I'm never going to say his name right, but uh, JOK from the Browns. Um, so I went with Collins, um, and I know that's probably going to torment me for years because if, if JOK is better, he was the next linebacker off the board. Um, but, uh, Davis from Washington and Michael Parsons, not in that order. Parsons was one. Davis was two. Those were the first two IDP players taken in our rookie only IDP draft factoring in the other guys as well. The, the offensive players as well. So looking at those guys. Quiddy Payne to me was the the best uh, defensive lineman, uh, at least my opinion. Um, but there's a handful of guys there, and then um, you know the 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 safeties are going to be interesting if you're looking at that route, <clears throat> looking at those guys. But there's a lot of good corners coming into the league too. I think just gen- well, I mean that's just a rookie take on it, but I think right. you know the position that I think is the hardest to find a standout. I'm sure you guys would agree is defensive line. Mm-hmm. So if you're in an IDP league and you can find an elite defensive lineman, I'm more likely to reach a defensive line because especially a, a defensive back, I mean, you will get a safety or two that is really exciting. But for the most part, that's a pretty interchangeable position. Now, the only IDP league that I'm in is the one I'm in with you guys, which is we start like nine defensive players. It's wild. So they're not really that important to me. There, there's so much scoring in that league that one player isn't going to make a huge difference. You got full offensive lineup plus nine IDPs, but uh, defensive line like like Aaron Donald is a player that I seek out. I really want to get him. And defensive, it's like the tight end of IDPs. It's it's true. And well, it's, uh, it's Donald, it's Garrett, it's Chase Young, it's the Bosas and T.J. Watt. Like that's the the upper echelon of guys you're looking for. But you're looking if you're looking for a defensive lineman and you can't get your hands on an obvious stud, you're looking for one of those defensive linemen that actually plays linebacker. They're more of like edge players, so they have a chance to get you a few more tackles. Speaking of that, you should also know what your IDP rules are because mm-hmm. some idea there's no uniform IDP scoring system like there kind of is for fantasy, uh, for typical fantasy, I should say. Some of them don't even give you points for tackles. In those leagues, that it really dramatically changes how you view everybody. It also makes it more of a crapshoot. Right. And you're looking for middle linebackers, too. Guys that are going to rack up tackles right. if you are in those leagues. If yeah. tackles do count, yeah. yeah Safeties, yeah. too. But but those Talk guys that are edge rushers, are they usually eligible at linebacker, or are they eligible at It depends line? on where you play and what they're listed at. It's a very, very we, important thing. It is. In, on some places, and with some players on CBS, you can start them as defensive linemen or right. linebackers. So, like, Chandler Jones a few years ago was a big contentious one because I think the the Cardinals list him as a linebacker and you're not going to love him at linebacker because he's not going to get those tackle totals that you look for, but the sacks are going to be amazing for him. I feel like all the, so who was a guy last year? Cause they, they all got hurt. Who was like a edge rusher? I'm trying to find just where they stand. Edge rusher. I mean, TJ Watt was the best. Where is he? TJ Watt. Okay. He so, plays for the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had him. We he's he's linebacker eligible in our league, and he scored 116 points in our scoring, which is going to be so different depending depending on your league. So where would he have ranked among defensive line? Oh my gosh, he clobbered every defensive lineman. Right. The highest scoring defensive linemen in our league were Garrett and Chase Young and Aaron Donald, and they were between 93 and 99 points. So Watt was like 18 points better than Garrett or whatever he was. I, forget, I already forgot how many he scored. Um, but at linebacker, where was Watt? Probably still pretty high. Uh, no, not really. Right. No, like he's not. He's not even. He's not even a must roster. He's probably 20th or so among linebackers. So it just makes a huge difference. You get a player like him, and you can play him at defensive line. He's might be the first IDP. You taken. want those guys as defensive linemen eligible. Exactly, but if they're not, if TJ Watt is not defensive line eligible, no, it's why like Von Miller, for example, is not the best IDP guy 
because he's always been labeled as a linebacker. And what we typically do is we go by the team designation, which is through Elias. And that's why we get, you know, hey, why is this player not listed at this particular spot? Well, we don't sure. know that. Okay. But some teams list both positions for a player. Yes. He's and a lineman case, and a linebacker. Or they list him as an edge, in which case we give him both too. Okay. So the bottom line is, if you have an edge rusher, you want you need him to be defensive line eligible because even the best, even Watt, wasn't really a standout at linebacker, but he would have been easily the best defensive lineman last year based on last year's scoring. Okay. Going to Mike, a Bears fan in a central Colorado town. Poor guy. From poor uh, guy, Colorado. Aurora. Oh, Aurora. Okay, sorry. Um, hey, John, Tim, Peyton, Drew slash Teddy, and Aaron. <laughs> Broncos quarterbacks? <laughs> yeah. Uh, wishful thinking there. I'm in a 1QB 12-team standard scoring dynasty league. I have DK Metcalf. Would it be worth trading him and 2.8 in the rookie draft for A.J. Brown. Yes. Again, barring Julio Jones. I, I guess, yeah. I think so. I think Brown would go off the board ahead of Metcalf in a, in a startup, and you're only giving up a 2.8 to, to make that move. I did a comparison of the two of them. They're very, They're like the same player. Except they look like Schwarzenegger and DeVito walking down the street. A.J. Brown might get 60 more targets this year. Metcalf, Metcalf, 15.7 yards per catch. Brown, 15.4. Metcalf, 64.3% catch rate. Brown, 66%. Um, Brown, 16-game pace if you remove week one when he was playing hurt. 80 catches, 1,275 <laughs> Well, he didn't play well, and then he missed the next game. The Metcalf play hurt that you know of. We knew AJ Brown was playing. Fine, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Um, How fast is AJ Brown in the hundred meter? I was giving Brown just you know his best. I was just giving him his best potential stats. Uh, Eighty catches, one thousand two hundred seventy-five yards, fourteen touchdowns on one hundred twenty-one targets. Metcalf was three more catches, about thirty more yards, four fewer touchdowns, eight more targets. Uh, they're the same player. I'm what's not, your what's your threshold of what the injury is that a player has to be dealing with to play in a game? Sure. You remove their stats. Sure. Well, oh, uh, like usually less than fifty percent of the snaps. But for um, for Brown, it was he came into the game banged up, and even you were like, I wonder if he was healthy because he didn't play very well. And then he sat two or three. Oh, I'm games. not discounting their their two play. Games. I'm talking about you removing their stats. From their, their game logs. Uh fifty percent of the snaps is typically fifty percent of snaps. So if a player has diarrhea, yeah. Are they hurt even though they play forty nine percent of the snaps? Um we're just gonna remove it because it it's under fifty. That bad of diarrhea that they missed half the you snaps. You don't know. I mean until they run, take off their pads, go to the bathroom, wipe. It always back. comes back to diarrhea with you, Jamie. <laughs> I think if they were a player who usually plays, uh, you know, 90% of the snaps, then I don't think diarrhea could get them down to 50. If they're a 60% of the snap guy, then yeah, one stomach ache could really, no. Um, look. It, when you're sliding in the first. I have. <laughs> I forgot your comparison. I'm sorry. <laughs> DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, they're the same player. They have been very similar. They have been very similar. I, I, I think if, again, if Julio goes to the Titans, I would not make the trade because I think they would be too close. Targets wouldn't be the same. Um, and you could probably use 2.08 to now get Elijah Mitchell. <laughs> All right, this is from Jake in Kansas City. Dear Travis, Javid, Lonzo, and LeVar. Uh, those are two bests and two balls. Oh, I did best my ball. Yes, I did my first best ball draft ever. Are there any clear mistakes you can see in my results? I picked 10 out of 10. By the way, did you see Anthony Davis kick? Who was it? Was it Jay Crowder? In the ding-ding? Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, not cool. Not cool. All right, how did I do in my first uh, best ball draft? I had the 10th pick out of 10 teams. Quarterback, Roethlisberger, Carr, and Lance. Mm. Uh, it's a hell of a start. <laughs> When you're sliding into second and you're feeling the second. Uh, running back, Eckler, Swift, Carson, Hunt, Mostert, Pollard, Jamal Williams. Love it. Absolutely love it. 
Wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, Galladay, Chark, Cooks, Fuller, Judy. Love it. Love it? Yeah. Dave? I don't love that. I It's a 10-team league. I don't love it either. I think he went a little too aggressively on running backs. I don't know what we have Hawkinson. He, he has Hawkinson and Hooper at tight end. Yeah. Um, no, I, I don't love it. I think the, this team might swing on whether or not Trey Lance breaks out as a rookie. Yeah, the quarterbacks are rough. Quarterbacks yeah, wide receiver. Rough. I think if Cooks gets Watson, then then you're talking. That's really good, but. 10-team league, I, I feel like Galladay should not be your number two. No, but, but that's the thing. Like, in a best ball, you can't think of it as, all right, that guy's my number two. But you're hoping for receiver. him to be his best. That's the thing. How many times is he going to have a big game? Like, Tyreek Hill, you figure, will be good at least 50% of the time, if not closer to, like, 70% of the time. That would be outstanding for him. The rest of his receivers, Galladay, Chark, Cooks, Fuller, Judy, between those five, there should be two decent ones every week. One of them should be really good every week. But that's these are the what type he's of receivers, for. though, when they hit, they're going to hit big. Right, exactly. That's the point. Well, exactly. I mean, except for in Judy's case, because he just doesn't. Oh, really okay, wait, but but do you feel that way about them? Then when they hit, they're going to hit big. So, yes. Galladay, yes. you feel that uh, way? Galladay, Chark, Cooks, and Fuller, yes. Okay, well, okay. And then whatever Fuller, you get with Cooks, Judy is great. Cooks has to depend on the quarterback, it goes without saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, next question is from Jake from the best C city in Ohio. That's the letter C. Canton. Dear, happy, sleepy, grumpy, and doc. Was there Adam Sandler dwarfs? The league is 10-team PPR. Uh, Two flex. I currently don't have a first-round pick, but I like the talent at the top of this class. I have Barkley and Dalvin Cook with Montgomery, Connor, Ronald Jones, and Zach Moss on my bench. Is it time to try and get maximum return on Dalvin Cook, or should I keep him for a championship run this year? I I, I think that the the best the best best thing to do is is, is try and get maximum v- v- value. Speaking of, va- of Vicky Valancourt, uh, value on uh, Saquon Barkley. Oh, on Barkley. Well, I mean, you want to trade Barkley before he breaks down again, while his value is still high again. If he breaks down again. You'd be either- you could take offers on both and then just take the very best offer that you get. The very best offer, I would hope, would include a pick that you can use to get Najee Harris. So who would you take in a startup dynasty league, Barkley or Cook? Cook. I think I'd take Cook, too. I don't think there's that big of a difference in their age. It might only be two years between the two of them. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah. I mean, I look... But- per- Ideally, you keep both. Right. Like the the alternative, look, if you can't get a great offer for one of them, you keep both and you try and make a run this year. I I wonder with Cook, do you really consider Saquon Barkley more of a physically breaking down candidate than Dalvin Cook? It's I mean, just it's what's like, happened the last two they, years. It, they, they've basically been similar because they both have suffered ACL tears mm-hmm. within their first two years of their careers. They both have suffered another significant injury. For Cook, it was the hamstring that plagued him almost the entire season. For Barkley, it was the ankle that, you know, essentially hurt him for six games, but three he missed. So, you know, hopefully year three is kind of what happened to Dalvin Cook as well. I don't, well I, like I said, I'd rather, ideally, I'd keep them both. Uh, year three, it was year three for Barkley with the ACL, right? Year two was the ankle. I'm sorry, yes. Yeah, yeah. And I was wrong about Julio Jones. Julio Jones 2012 was his second year. You you just you just need some 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 better H two O than the that crappy stuff that you've been oh. drinking over over the last a uh, uh, few days. If 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 you like and, and Mama says it's okay, uh, I I I I'll fly up there and 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 give you some delicious H two O. Look at my freaking water from yesterday. Look at this. Yeah, it's my water. That looks like a cell phone. It's my water in the bathtub. <laughs> That's yeah. disgusting. Your was, water's brown. It was yesterday. Yeah. This show's turning into fantasy diarrhea. It's not today. a fun day. I had to wash my hands with bottled water, and it sucked. But we eventually came back, thankfully. It 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 sounds like you 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 should probably upgrade your eight 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 two zero. Yeah, I need the water boy. All right, Adam from Vancouver. I recently acquired Joe Burrow for a 2023 first and second. 
Obviously, Ooh. I have no problem having both Wilson and Burrow on my team, especially with Burrow coming off surgery. That said, should I explore a Wilson trade, and what should I ask for in return? I'm weak at tight end and maybe running back depth, and I have no rookie or free agent first-round picks for the next three years. You're the Rams. <laughs> uh, yeah, so would you trade? I think you should trade Wilson. You need some capital. Yeah, here. but I don't, I don't know what you're getting. You think you're going to get a 2023 first-round pick for Russell Wilson in this quarterback economy? 2023, you could, you might be able to, but you know, you're talking to a team that's obviously ready to win now that doesn't have a quarterback. And how many of those teams are there out there? Yeah, the only time you can do that is when there's a star quarterback that gets hurt, and you can say, all right, I've got a quarterback to replace the guy that just got hurt for you. Here's the cost. Can you get Elijah Mitchell for Wilson? Probably. Yes. Or Gallman? You can probably pull it off. You can probably get both Mitchell and Gallman. That's a lot to give up for Joe Burrow. All right, from Nick. I'm in a very competitive, or I run a very competitive, 12-team fantasy league. We're going to move from full PPR to half PPR. How do I use the trade evaluator for evaluating a trade when the only thing that you guys have listed is non-PPR and full PPR? I usually recommend people average the two numbers between non-PPR and PPR. Sometimes it's the same number, especially for players that don't get a lot of catches. Um, otherwise, you can just veer toward PPR, and it should be okay. You'll still get the same idea of what a trade's fair, what kind of trade is fair. This one is from a fun guy. Dear Sam, Sylvester, Claude, and Elmer. Looney Tunes? Who's Claude? Space Jam 2, baby. Oh, who's Claude? I don't know. Claude Bunny. <laughs> I'm in a perennial 16-team, half PPR, salary cap league. Used to be. Hey, bonjour, Doc. Je suis Claude. <laughs> With one franchise player and one transition player. Uh, we have three flex, yada, yada, yada. I'm going to transition Joe Mixon, but I'm torn between stacking running backs and their backups like Zeke and Pollard, Gordon and Williams, Gaskin and Ahmed, or Ahmed, excuse me, um, or spending heavy on AJ Brown, Alvin Kamara, et cetera, and supplementing with Hawkinson, Fan, or Troutman. Oh, uh, well, I don't, why would you, anyway, uh, what would you guys do? Would you lock up a backfield or would you spend big on AJ Brown, Kamara? I'd spend big. Yeah. So his choices are Kamara or Zeke and Pollard? I honestly I have no idea. It's a little vague. Write us back with a little bit better explanation. Yeah, fun guy. Write us back. That wasn't very fun. This is from Winston. PPR 10-team redraft snake keeper league. Hey, by the way, why we did a dynasty startup draft last week. It was my worst moment. Uh, I was so <laughs> embarrassed by my draft room etiquette. Why didn't he just make it a snake draft? Like, what is the difference? It's a freaking mock draft. All you need to know is when the players are going. Just make it a snake draft. What was up with that, Heath? Um, that is true. We didn't really need to know who was picking. Yeah, just make it. A, it would have been so much easier. But aren't rookie-only drafts typically non-snake drafts? Yes, but for the exercise of just doing the draft... Does it matter? You're basically just taking best player available. Yeah. Like in a three-round draft, like how much are you factoring? Well, I took Jamar Chase first round. I'm not going to take my imaginary favorite. mock team. I already had Alvin Kamara. I got confused by uh, <laughs> it being not snake, and I was like, "It's not my pick." And he's like, "It's your pick." I'm like, "It's not my pick." He's like, "Yes, it is. It's not my." Pick. Well, the reason oh, wait, you got confused also pick. was because of the way we did it—that we were using the draft room and to get the players out of the queue. Was truly my dumbest moment in fantasy football history. Eh, no. Touchdown there! I dropped Tyreek Hill in the podcast league in week one, I think. Right, and I gave him back to myself because it was an accident. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, yeah, touchdown there is probably your worst moment <laughs> <laughs> or best moment. PPR ten team redraft keeper league. I have to keep the players where they were drafted. Were you idiot moron when Heath and I pranked you? <laughs> I can't oh, decide great. who to keep. I can keep up to three. Uh, pick two. Oh, okay. Second round pick, Nick Chubb. Third round, Kelsey. Fourth round, Justin Jefferson. Fifth round, Jonathan Taylor. Pick three of those four. The last two. 
Okay, pick three of them. And Kelsey. <laughs> You're throwing back Chubb? Yeah. I think so, right? Chubb is, is arguably yeah, the last I'm, one to go in this group, and he's the highest value. But at the same time, it is a PPR 10-team league. Kelsey's got to be one of those picks. Yeah, throwback so Chubb. Taylor, so Taylor's got to be one of those picks. D- Dave, just say throwback Chubb, and we can move on. I can't. I don't know if I'm ready to say that. You're going to throw back Justin Jefferson two rounds after Nick Chubb in a PPR league? That's yeah, potentially 90 more catches. Yeah, but Nick Chubb also is like one of the best running backs in football who they could see an upcoming catches this year. They go in the same round. Well, not maybe not in a 10 team league. All right, Dave, you're on the spot. Chubb and They round go 10, two. 10 picks apart, essentially. Chubb in round two or Jefferson in round three? Or round four, I'll round keep, four. I will keep Jefferson. Good for you. Along with Kelsey and Taylor and hope to get somebody close to the ballpark of Chubb with my first pick. Nobody that you're giving back, you're getting back to the same ballpark. They're all great players. Well, where, did, where does he pick in the redraft? Don't know, don't care. This is from Maverick. Where's Maverick from? Dallas? Gooseland. Gooseland. Albuquerque, New Mexico. <sighs> Top Gun, terrible. Why is everyone so high? What? Dude, it's so bad. It's. I promise you. Oh, my God. No, I've already had this. I've already done this. I'm sure it's already in the thread. But actually, no, it's not in the in the thread of as Adam's bad takes because Heath agrees. If you didn't see Top Gun when you were a kid and you watched it now, it's dreadful. No way. Why is everyone so... Okay, show it to your kids. So to, to your oldest. See what he said. Oh, he might like it. He's too young to know. Why is everyone so high on Joe Montana? Just because like the volleyball scene. Anyone but maybe beach volleyball players? <laughs> Why is everyone no, so high? Like four foot eleven. <laughs> Have I ever had a take this bad, by the way? Why is everyone so high on Joe Montana? Just because he has Super Bowl rings? If you take those away and look at him as a passer, he's not great. He has a higher interception ratio than Brett Favre, interception for pass attempts. So I guess it'd be This is from our Mount Rushmore conversation last week. Yeah, yeah. People knock far for throwing too many interceptions. Dan Marino's a great passer, but didn't win a Super Bowl. Clearly, that's his fault since he plays on defense and special teams. So clearly, he's a bad quarterback because the team didn't win a Super Bowl. The- Who wrote this, Brisco? <laughs> so Maverick is one of the snarkiest, kind of meanest emailers we have. Um, the Montana Niners were an all-star team with multiple Hall of Famers. That means the team was one of the Mount Rushmore teams. Doesn't mean Montana is a Mount Rushmore quarterback. I think as time has gone on, I agree with Maverick on this. Hey, I didn't say Maverick was dumb. He's just kind of mean about it. That's all. Sure. Like 20 years ago, I think I would have told you that Joe Montana was one of the best quarterbacks that ever played the game. But Brady, Peyton, Andy Dalton. <laughs> okay, maybe not Andy Dalton. Yeah, so we but... were trying to do a Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks, and I, Brady and Montana were our two layups, but maybe... How is Peyton um, Manning not on that? Peyton was mine. Montana was yours. Oh, Brady yeah. and Peyton I, are listen, absolute I, I gotta say, on the mountain. I actually buy the the narrative that Peyton Manning came up small in big games. I think there's a lot of truth to it. I think he was a bit of a choker. Still on the Mount Rushmore, but Montana listen, certainly. No Eli, obviously. It, yeah. Marino belongs on the list. So, well, there you can only put four on there. So, right. So I'm up to three. And Montana's not one of them? Yeah, I don't know if he's ahead of Favre. I love Marino, but he's not on the list. Aaron Rodgers is ahead of Favre. So you've got Montana on your list, but not Marino, Shame. Yeah, I have Breeze also. Wow. Oh, yeah, Breeze should probably Aaron, be on come there. Come on, Aaron Rodgers is better than Breeze and Favre. Rodgers is awesome, too. <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I sent the email to Pete Prisco. I forwarded it to him, and I said, what, is your, what are your thoughts on this? What are the odds he responds? He's going to say... He'll respond with one sentence. <laughs> yeah. He's going to say uh, his Mount Rushmore. I think we've had this conversation. His Mount Rushmore is Brady, Peyton. Marino's going to be on his Mount Rushmore. Marino and Sammy Ball. Because oh. he's old. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Unitas. <laughs> Sid Luckman. What about uh, Russell Moses. Wilson? Moses. He, he was a big fan of Moses. Does he come uh, around Tebow. on Russell he Wilson? He loves Tebow. Oh, Tebow. Okay. Russell great. Wilson will be a little. We had we had uh, a conversation the day that Tebow signed. Pete is not the most active person on Twitter. He tweeted fifty times in like <laughs> two hours. <laughs> when Tebow when Tebow signed, 
<laughs> well, I'm sure he, he wasn't thrilled about it. <laughs> I think one of his tweets said, I'm a good locker room guy. Should I get the contract? <laughs> <laughs> he is a pretty good locker room guy. He is. Uh, you, are, you love being around Pete Prisco. You know, green room before you go on the air is nothing but fun with Pete. Okay, everybody, thanks so much for your emails and for your Apple Podcast questions. This was great. We have bold predictions for you. We'll be back on Tuesday. If you're dying for some fantasy football content, check out Fantasy Football Today in 5. We have some fresh episodes there. Um, Jamie and Dave, thanks for hanging out and doing this mailbag. And, uh, again, enjoy your holiday weekend. We'll talk to you Tuesday. That's all, CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.